It's not a product, it's a technology. It's an education challenge. A regenerative suspension? There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Tom Tydrum. Innovation in the financing space. The high-speed train is in all our interests. All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can. Beyond Zero. Global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level. Hello and welcome to the Beyond Zero radio show. We broadcast from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and are syndicated on the Community Radio Network. You may download our podcast on the internet at either 3cr.org.au or bze.org.au or using any common podcasting app. A final piece of housekeeping is that this week, unfortunately, a temporary glitch between 3CR and iTunes is holding back our podcast through iTunes. But the appropriate staff are working to resolve the problem, and before too long, all shall be well again. My name is Nils, and our co-host today is Michael. How are you, Michael, and would you care to introduce today's guest? Excellent. Thanks, Nils. And yes, I'd love to, and I'm very excited about that. Today's guest is Heath Walker from Tesla. And Niels and I have just come inside from being shown through Tesla's current car that Heath brought over, and it was wonderful. (laughs) Tesla designs, manufactures, and sells electric vehicles as an independent automotive company and also supplies components for other electric vehicle manufacturers. Tesla Motors was incorporated in 2003, with the Tesla Roadster first introduced to the public in July 2006. The corporate strategy of Tesla Motors is to initially enter the market with an expensive high-end product aimed at affluent early adopters and subsequently mature towards the larger and more competitive market of mainstream automobiles. Figures for employment growth indicate good work at this stage of their corporate strategy. Just a reminder, today's guest is Heath Walker from Tesla and he joins us in the studio today. How are you, Heath? Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Thank you for coming. We often start these interviews by just asking the guests a bit of their autobiography, how, how you arrived at where you are in the sustainability journey and um, how you came interested in zero emissions private transport. Yeah, sure. I've got a bit of a mixed background, actually. I've, I've got a uh, history in major events, so worked at uh, the Grand Prix and also uh, horse racing with uh, the Melbourne Cup Carnival um, and m- more recently worked with another auto manufacturer which uh, released another electric car where uh, my keen interests met. So one in sustainable transport and the other one in technology and and that's where I reached out to Tesla to uh, see if there was any opportunities and the the timing was perfect where we entered the market. How many cars are Tesla Motors selling worldwide? Great timing on the question. We just reached our goal of selling 10,000 for the the quarter and that's deliveries. We're a bit unique in terms of uh, how we report our numbers because most car companies report sellings to dealers, but we actually report on deliveries to customers given that we've got quite a unique vertical where we uh, own the the full vertical and don't have any third parties involved in our selling. When did Tesla Motors begin selling cars in Australia? So we started to sell online uh, last July, uh, but we didn't start deliveries until December of 2014, uh, where we held an event in Sydney and uh, handed over the, the first nine vehicles to arrive in the country, which was a bit of a celebration for us. 
Prior to that, we did sell the Roadster, which was mentioned in the uh, in the prequel to the show, and uh, and that was a great car. We only made two thousand of them worldwide, but it was a proof point to show that electric cars can compete with supercars in terms of performance. Um, and the Model S is the next step towards our plan. So, how many employees do you have in Australia at the moment, Heath? Well, we're growing fast. There's uh, approximately between 30 to 40 at the moment. But if there is interest out there, we're, we're actually employing sales staff at the moment, both in Melbourne and Sydney, and we've got delivery people as well. So if people are interested, uh, look up Tesla Careers and uh, they can look up the opportunities that are available within, uh, within Melbourne. And where are those showrooms? So currently we're operating out of Chadston Shopping Centre. So uh, again, if people are interested, I encourage you to get down there. We've got a display down there with a, a single car, but also a chassis which shows the design and um, engineering feat that's come to market with the Model S. Um, and in Sydney, we've got a North Sydney store, which is both our service centre and store. And soon to be launched will be our Richmond store and service centre here in Melbourne, um, which should be opened in the next couple of months. I hear that's um, on Church Street, Richmond. Yeah, that's correct. So that'll be uh, the upper end of Church Street towards uh, South Yarra. Um, A great, great place for people to come and visit and have a look at the store. As you mentioned there, Tesla Motors is expanding to sell the Model S after the Roadster. And Michael also mentioned in the introduction that we enjoyed having a little gander. But perhaps for our listeners who aren't so lucky, can you tell us about the Model S and what the advantages are for an owner? Yeah, sure. So it's quite a unique vehicle. Um, There's three things that bring people to the Model S in terms of interest. There's the technology in the vehicle. It's got a 17-inch touchscreen. And for those of you that don't know sizes very well, it's approximately two iPads, slightly larger than two iPads put together. So a full touchscreen, which is integrated with the car. So many of our owners describe being or driving the car is feeling like one with the car through both the technology and the way the, the car drives. The other unique elements that bring people to the car are the fact that it is an electric vehicle so it's great for the environment and and one that has no compromise so it overcomes many of the barriers that are associated with electric vehicles and the last one is the performance so the nice thing about an electric motor is that it provides instant torque or instant acceleration and what that's enabled us to do is actually make the fastest accelerating four-door sedan ever built. And that's, I didn't mince my words there, ever built. So it's, it goes zero to 100 in 3.4 seconds, which is quite incredible. And we've been able to achieve that feat with the dual motor version of the vehicle, which allows for a motor at the rear of the vehicle between the rear wheels and one at the, a smaller one at the front. And what's unique about that is an engine that usually provides four wheels with traction isn't all that economical because it's actually overpowering to provide the source of power to all four wheels. The dual motor actually enables greater performance or we have a version that actually enables further distance. So you can choose if you want the performance, you can go down the performance dual motor or wheel drive version or you can go with the efficiency which gives you some uh, extra kilometres off, off your battery. Well, it certainly is very exciting that we've got a technology in the car that impresses people but what's the cost of a Model S? Yeah so as it was forementioned the the Model S is an introductory model to introduce a technology to market so it starts on roads in Victoria at just over $107,000 and can get up over $200,000. What's nice about that though is if you do compare it against similarly 
stacked cars in terms of technology and performance, uh, we, we do undercut them in terms of price, um, but cost of ownership is one of those things that's really compelling. And we've got some exciting things on the, on the horizon which will definitely interest people, um, not only new products, but new features that are entering the car. And one of the other great things about the car is the day you buy it is the worst it'll ever be. So it only gets better with time with our over-the-air updates. So features are added to the car constantly. So it's it's a bit like the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, that was um, one of the things that impressed me so much in the walkthrough just then. Not only the massive amount of storage space, the under the bonnet was totally empty and, and uh, carpeted available for storage. The same in the boot. But as you were showing us on the screen, the software updates you got over the air last night, just like on my iPad, suddenly you had valet parking mode, you had the automatic slowdown when you're creeping up behind another car. It was really impressive. It's, it's a really good line, that one about this, the day you buy it, it's the worst it'll be. It keeps improving. Exactly. And I think the other unique thing about the over-the-air updates is many of them have come from wishes from our owners. So people often write into us asking us for what they want to see in the vehicle. And if there's enough demand, we're able to get our engineers to concentrate on it and, and develop it and feed it to the car. So a recent documentary about electric vehicles noted owners spend about only five seconds to charge a, a car because an owner may plug it in and then pursue other activities. However, range anxiety is still a, a thought in many, in many potential owners' minds about electric vehicles. Um, does Tesla plan to build charging stations or will Tesla leave that role for other market players? Yes, yeah, so there's a few elements to answer this question. Um, we tried to put to bed uh, range anxiety the other day in a press release that we put out, which was part of this uh, over-the-air update that we've just sent out overnight, which was to have a trip planner and also the trip planner also arranges for you to find the closest charges to you. Now, the issue that we've got currently in Australia is that we're so new to market that we need to get those that charging infrastructure in place, which you touched on. So we have... A- should say that the Roadster has... A normal of 500 kilometre range, doesn't it? Yeah, the Model, S. the Model S has 502 rated range, um, which is pretty compelling for everyday drives. Most Australians only do 50 to 100 kilometres. Um, it's more than two, two times greater than any other electric vehicle. But there is still people's perceptions that charging a car is cumbersome and uh, for long distance trips there's no infrastructure in place. Tesla is committed to putting in superchargers between Melbourne, Sydney and Canberra by the end of this year which will enable free long distance travel and by free I mean free. If you turn up with a Model S to the charge point you plug in we don't charge you a thing for that long distance travel. So you'll be able to travel from Melbourne to Sydney and it won't cost you a cent. I can see my dad buying one. (laughs) (laughs) The nice thing about it is as you stop off you can recharge yourself um, almost getting a, a free lunch if you look at it in reverse and um, and charge your car at the same time. In terms of other infrastructure and charging, you're right, it does literally take five seconds to plug the car in. And so we give a wall unit with the car when you purchase it. That gets installed by an electrician at the owner's cost. But once that's undertaken, it's a bit like owning a mobile phone in many ways. And I know that sound, sounds oversimplistic, but as soon as you get home and you stop using the car, you plug it in, you can set the timer if you've got off-seat, off peak electricity and then you can plug in the next day you've got a full amount of charge ready to use the next day and I don't know about you guys but I know having owned an internal combustion engine car I can't remember a time when I filled up in the morning and before I went home I had to go back to that same petrol station and fill up again it just doesn't happen so the fear around electric vehicles is somewhat just a change agent in terms of 
getting used to what the new norm is. And having lived with a Model S through having a press car and charging it at home, it is the most convenient thing I can think of, never having to go to a petrol station again. Yeah, that's great. And um, the number of charging stations, do you expect there's going to be a problem coping with, say, holiday road use? And uh, No, we don't foresee that at all. We, we What we do do is monitor these superchargers, so they're ca- actually connected back to us, so we can see how many people are using them at any one time. We also can notify our owners of that if there's any um, bays free or, or if there's not, so that they can plan either to bypass that unit and go to the next closest mm-hmm. or, or stop off at, a, at somewhere on their way. And the other unique thing is that we can add to these over time as well. So depending on the power source, we can add more bays to the supercharger network. And by the end of 2016, we plan to go all the way up past Brisbane. So you'll be able to drive the whole East Coast soon. Hmm. And I did like the um, little aside that you told us in the car. You've just released a plug-in cable for the normal 240-volt 10-amp mains. Much slower, of course, but... You've got that cable with you in the car. You've got to fall back then anywhere you can find a, a plug-in point. Yeah, that's right. That's seen to be released in Australia. And what that'll enable people to do is say you've got a trip down to Portsea and you're staying down there for a few days. Although the 500 kilometres will probably achieve that and more whilst you're down there, it's just that peace of mind that you've got to back up in the car with you whilst you're travelling. Mm. I was going to ask you about, say, a driver driving in an unknown area and running out of charge and finding a charging station, but you've sort of answered that and and seeing the uh, fantastic mapping software you had on that huge screen too. Yeah, Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, Elon said in our recent release around uh, the charging scenario and range anxiety, he said uh, you'd have to drive eight hours straight without stopping and he doesn't know anyone that doesn't need to go to the toilet in (laughs) in that time frame. So So we've discussed the Model S, which is a full-size sedan with luxury appointments, and we've touched on the Roadster, which was the original car. So which other electric vehicles are Tesla developing? Yeah, so in quarter three of this year in the US, we'll be uh, releasing the Model X, which is an SUV uh, vehicle, seven seats, um, and it's got a unique feature that we've uh, designed for the car, which are called Falcon Wing Doors. Um, they're a bit like the old gullwing doors, but they've got um, a double axis, which means they can open next to ordinary parked cars um, and it allows a full adult-sized uh, person to be able to enter the rear seats without um, bending over or hunching over as they get through to the third row. So quite a unique feature, and I, again, I recommend anyone to go onto our website to have a look if they want to have, see how they work. So they'll be um, we're actually taking orders for those in Australia at the moment, Pricing hasn't been released yet, but you can put down a deposit to put your name in the in, in order, and then they're likely to arrive in Australia in sometime in 2016. Then our third car that we'll be releasing to market in terms of full production will be the Model 3. And the Model 3 is one of the most anticipated cars and is commonly spoken about when uh, Tesla is referenced. And that's because it's going to be a car that retails at around half the price of the Model S. So we're looking at a a car that becomes increasingly affordable for uh, the everyday person, Um, certainly when you look at cost of ownership and uh, the savings that come into play when owning an electric vehicle. So how far away is the Model 3, of course? Yeah, so uh, we're looking at 
completing the Gigafactory, which is where we're building batteries uh, by the end of 2016, which is a major part of the development of the Model 3, which means that the Model 3 will be launched between 2017 and 2020 around the world. Um, obviously, markets will uh, be rolled out separately. So we don't have an exact date yet, but uh, that time frame's looking 2017 to 2020. So on the battery topic, tell us about the, the batteries, the lifetime we can expect... Yeah, sure. So um, the batteries that are in the Model S today, we don't we don't truly know the lifetime of the battery because we haven't been around long enough yet um, as a company to to understand the lifetime. But we've done some testing of the battery, and after ten years, we we approximate that even if the battery has been treated in its most poor poorly state, that uh, you'd still have approximately eighty percent of um, charge left in the in the battery, which means only twenty percent degradation in the battery, which is pretty compelling when you think of mm. um, even an internal combustion engine vehicle after 10 years would be lucky to keep that efficiency after that amount yeah. of time. So you've still got, say in this case, the 400 kilometre range instead e of 500. Exactly right. And there's not too many people that keep a car for 10 years these days, but we've also shown that we can do battery swaps. Mm -hmm. um, the battery comes with an eight-year warranty, um, but we, we can easily take the the battery out of the car and, and put in another battery. And in, in eight to 10 years, you can only imagine the efficiencies and uh, <laughs> the advancements of, of batteries, yeah. Which other electric vehicles are Tesla's competitors selling? Yeah, it's a question we get asked about quite often because we sit in quite a unique price bracket and we're quite a different product to other electric vehicles. We tend to think our competitors actually internal combustion engine vehicles. Um, we want to transition people into electric vehicles because of our mission, which is uh, to increase uh, the uptake of sustainable vehicles and move to sustainable transport. The unique thing about electric vehicles and versus internal combustion engines is that the, we need to provide a compelling offer. And I think that's the difference between electric vehicles that are in market today versus the Model S is that there is still some compromise when you have when you look at the other products that you, either range or performance or whatever it might be, um, whereas the Model S seems to overcome those barriers. So if we can everything except price. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I guess price is compelling enough for those that are in the market for a luxury sedan, and that's yep. that's where we're price pointed at the moment. Um, we just need to look at further developing our future product and uh, and lower that price over time. But uh, I, I'm sure you guys remember when plasma screens were about uh, $20,000 to purchase and look how quickly they've come down. On the topic of market share of electric vehicles, which government policies to increase this market share in Australia does Tesla realistically advocate? Great question. I, I think Tesla isn't in the market to advise politicians how to, how to run or what uh, policies to put in place. There's certainly a lot of industry policies that are in play that have been spoken about for a long time, such as luxury car tax and, and those other elements. If you look at California, which is a market that has great adoption of electric vehicles, it's a great market to look at in terms of policies to employ. Electric vehicle owners can drive in shared lanes. Electric vehicle owners get great parking at shops with free charging, which we're already doing some of that work. So we've put in charges at Chadston right by the door, for example, which we use for our cars, but our owners can use. Mm. And I can tell you at Christmas time, that's quite a compelling offer. Um, and then there's, uh, there's um, also the rebates that are offered 
for people purchasing electric vehicles in California as well. So there's a lot there for, for someone to consider an electric vehicle over an internal combustion engine. And Norway does a similar sort of thing. Yeah, it? and that's our, our second biggest market, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Yep. And they actually get taxed on petrol cars. So yes. the, the, there's two ways that they look at that scenario. So I, I don't think we will be advising any government on, on what policies they should adopt, but there's plenty out there that we know work. You just need a friendly government. So Tesla's partnered with Panasonic to improve battery technology. Do you have any estimates of future improvements in battery technology? Well, batteries have, have improved considerably in the last uh, three to four years. It's quite insane how quickly they're, uh, they're developing. This is the, all variations on the lithium technology, I Yeah, assume. that's correct. So, uh, And the Gigafactory is only going to expand that further. So we're building a Gigafactory in Nevada in the US, and the Gigafactory will, Gigafactory's output will actually be the amount of batteries that is produced annually out of all factories around the rest of the world. So to put to put that in uh, to put that in play, you've got to look at uh, building that over time. But then, what technologies can be adopted to advance it? And uh, that's a big piece, as I said, of of Model Three. Uh, but we've got a great partner in Panasonic to help us with those technologies. And just as an aside, I think I remember hearing the Gigafactory is going to be solar powered. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's um, a few design. Uh, images floating around on the internet that you can have a look at, but it's um, slightly diamond-shaped and the whole roof is covered with covered with solar panels and Nevada's not a bad place to have solar panels. <laughs> Fantastic. So on this show, we uh, interview a lot of different guests with expertise in things like biofuels, algae oils and ethanol. Are you confident electric vehicles will outperform alternative fuel cells sources in a carbon-conscious future? Yeah, I, I certainly sourced this job because of it. Um, I, I personally have a belief, but we certainly have a belief as a company that this is the right avenue for uh, for sustainable transport. And um, I think Elon's on, on record as saying every mode of transport besides rockets could be electric. <laughs> um, and when you think about the energy that's used to produce other alternate fuels, whether it be hydrogen fuel cells or petrol or whatever it may be, when we've got electricity sources already built in in our house, and if we adopt solar and then we look at battery storage at home um, so that during the day you can charge your battery via your solar panels and then charge your car at night off those batteries, it becomes a pretty compelling proposition for an owner who can essentially have a petrol station at their house. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a common argument for BZE and other groups that there's no point having gas to the home and electricity to the home. And it's a very similar analogy to road transport where we've got the electricity grid, which everyone needs, plus then we've got the petrol grid. So if we did away with the petrol grid, we could all just rely on electricity. Yeah, and there's a lot of debates about whether the, the grid could can hold um, electric vehicles, and I, um, I can assure you that we've done the research, and it, it can. Mm. There's, um, especially when the majority of car charging is done at night time. Uh, mm. There's, there's no problem. You set your charge, and like, mo- like I said before, it's very similar to a mobile phone. You plug it in when you get mm. home, and the next morning uh, you wake up and you've got full charge. And especially when a small proportion of your gigafactory output is used as grid balancing batteries uh, spaced around the grid. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so we've heard lots about the technology uh, behind the car, the Gigafactory and so on, but in terms of owning an electric vehicle and from the owner's perspective, can you fill us in a bit on that and what they see as the benefits, what life's like for an owner of an electric vehicle? Yeah, sure. It's quite interesting. I I pre-mentioned that there's three different things that bring people to buying 
a Model S, whether it be the technology, the sustainability, or the performance. But uh, many of our owners have solar panels on their roofs and uh, and charge their cars up. One of our most famous owners, which is Simon Hackett from uh, Internet fame, he was the developer of Internode, who sold the internet connection to uh, iiNet. Um, he's a huge advocate for Tesla. He actually owns five Teslas and I think has another two on order. Um, he has two Model S's. He did have three uh, Roadsters and he, he's got a Model X and a, a dual motor uh, Model S on order as well. And he's gone with solar on his roof. He's now got solar on his company and has battery storage as well. So he, he's living the full sustainable transport methodology whereby his solar's charging the batteries during the day and then he can charge the cars off that, either off peak or whilst he's at work, um, which is quite compelling. Other owners trialing new things. So one of our owners has just driven down from Sydney before we've even got the infrastructure in place. Um, and I believe he's the first more or less owner now to drive from Sydney to Melbourne and, and back um, over the Easter weekend. Uh, looking for various three-phase power ports, um, constructing his own cable via some cables that he was able to come past uh, in, in Europe and then, and then charging up on his way down there and on his way back, creating a, a road trip. And I think that's one of the great stories in that I think we're putting passion back into driving with the Model S. With so many cars looking the same or feeling the same in terms of its interior, you've got a unique experience in owning a Model S and I think the, the owners utilizing that experience as much as they can not to mention all the great features in it such as boot storage the front trunk storage which you guys saw you can you can almost fit a, a body in the front and there is an escape and there's an escape button there in case you did want to try <laughs> um you've then got things like the flat floor in the rear so that the middle seat's no longer the worst seat in the car you've got all the technology in the car you can name any song that's part of audio and play that uh, when you're not listening to this great show um so there's lots of elements that the owners can utilize within the car but i think there's always one passion point that they have and i think that's unique to model s owners and the last thing is we see them as part of the family so that, that when, when an owner buys a, a model s we truly see them as joining the tesla family and uh, they're our greatest advocates if you had one of them on the show rather than me today i'm sure they probably would have done a much better job in telling you about the car and the company because they truly embrace the whole story um, and i think that's a great thing about working for tesla to see that reaction yeah, as you say, it's lovely to see that passion back into it and on such a good topic and to um, improve our chances of surviving and enjoy it as well. Exactly. All right, so um, how can people find out more about Tesla? Would you uh, like to give us the web address? That yeah, so if people head to teslamotors.com, it's as simple as that. At the bottom of the page, there's a region that they can select Australia on and then all the uh, all the information's there. Uh, if they just go to teslamotors.com, there's also a lot of information about how we're operating in the US, which gives some foresight into, um, given we've been established there longer, they can see how big the supercharger network has become in the US, for example, and, and other elements of, of the Tesla network in the US. Alternatively, you can come and visit us and speak face-to-face -face at uh, Chadston and soon Richmond. Um, so we encourage you to come down and, ha and have a chat to us. Do you have an opening date for Richmond? Uh, Richmond will be in the next couple of months. We don't have an official opening date, but that will be put on the website once we've uh, got an official date. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Heath, for coming and telling us more about Tesla Motors. And uh, believe me, I think this will be one of the uh, most listened to broadcasts. I hope so. Thanks for having me. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.